For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of the government, of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. I just want to thank you for the space and for the opportunity to come together as a church and as a family to pray and to worship you and to hear your word. Lord, we just want to make everything about you right now. We lay aside every distractions. We pray, God, right now, God, more of you and less of me. Holy Spirit, take control of this service. Be the center of it all, Father. If your presence is not here with us, then everything we do, God, is in vain. So I pray, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be pleasing in your sight, O oh God. Let it be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and I pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen. Let's begin with the title. Let's all read the title together. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, the true meaning of Christmas. Let us have a deep and true understanding of what Christmas is all about. So we all know the basic story. We know the Christmas story. We know the story of Zechariah. We know the story of Elizabeth. We know the son, John the Baptist. We talked about him. We know the story of Mary. We know the story of the manger. We know the story of the stable. We know the story of Nazareth. We know the story of Bethlehem. During Advent, we cover all aspects of the story of Christmas, especially the main character, Jesus Christ. And today is his day. But you need to ask yourself this question. What was the purpose to the story of Jesus Christ being born on earth over 2,000 years ago. I'll, I'll ask again. What was the purpose to the story of Jesus Christ being born on earth over 2,000 years ago? Why did God, the question is, why did God, the incarnation of Jesus Christ, come to earth to be born as an infant and to live on earth and to suffer? That's the real question. Why? Why did God send his one and only son to be born as an infant, to live a servant life, servant leadership, to suffer and to die on the cross for us? The question is, why? It's like immigrant parents. What was the reason? Why did they come to America? Why did they sacrifice what they had in their homeland, in their motherland? What made them come to this nation called America? Why would they come to America to go through all the hardships, the stuff that you have seen from your own parents, from your own family? The answer is for love, for your benefit, for the benefit of the family. That is the reason why they came. So the question is, why is Christmas important to us? Why is this day necessary for us as Christians? Why is this day important for the rest of the world that is celebrating all throughout the world this day called Christmas? Why is Christmas necessary for us? Because it reveals to us the love of God. Turn to your neighbor and say the love of God. The love of God. So for us to understand, have a full understanding of Christmas, I want us to refresh our memory. I want us to go back to the beginning. I want us to go back to the origin story 
from where it all began. It's kind of like the movie Endgame is over, and everyone is kind of sad, it's finished. Now they're going back, like Natasha, they're doing the Black Widow, going back to the origin story. Let us go back to the beginning of Genesis, to where, where it all began. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I'm going to say it again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. Meaning there was nothing. Nothing. God called nothing into existence. And it says, I'm skimming to verse 16. God made two great lights. The greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. To govern the day and the night to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. Every time God creates something, He says, it is good. And there was evening. And there was morning, the fourth day, and God said, Let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea, and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Skipping to verse 24. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. Now, let's go to the climax. This is the most important part. Verse 26. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground so God created mankind in his image I want you to say to yourself right now I am created in the image of God I am created in the image of God it says in the image of God he created them Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they'll be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food and it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. It says it was very good. And then there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day going to chapter 2 now in verse 1 thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array by the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing so on the seventh day he rested from all his work then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done the Lord God took the man put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it 
And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the, na- the man called each living creature, that was his name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. And for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now the bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. We see that from the beginning that God created the world and created the first man and woman without sin in Imago Dei, in the image of God. You have to remember that you are created in the image of God. That is the most important thing. God gives Adam and Eve literally everything as you read in this story. God gives them the whole world. All the blessing, all the animals, all the ground, all the creatures, and the birds of the air. They take God's blessing, and what do they do with it? The first human beings, Adam and Eve, they disobey their God, their Father, their Creator. And what happens after that? We see that sin takes over, places all of human race under a curse. The present and the future. Everyone that came after Adam and Eve are now cursed in sin and they all fall into sin. Therefore, they leave the Garden of Eden. They are cut off from God. And now all human beings become sinners and they fall under the curse of sin, which you and I, we all fall under. We are all under the curse of sin. That's what happened in the beginning. But the truth is this, that God is a holy God. Holy God and He is a just God. Due to sin and due to our rebellion, we all became the enemies of God. But because our God is a holy God and He must punish sin, anything that is unholy, God must punish. Meaning a sinner, Adam and Eve, you and I, we cannot coexist with a holy God. Hence, the reason why Adam and Eve were cursed and they were cut off from the Garden of Eden because they fell under the curse of sin. They could not save themselves. And God has what? Two options. Two options. Number one, destroy all sinners for all of eternity in hell. That is the justice of God. Why? Because sin deserves death. Sin equals punishment. And we deserve eternity to hell for all of eternity. That was the first option. Destroy all sinners. Number two, or God can send a savior, a Messiah, to save us from the bondage of sin. And thank God for option two. Praise God for the savior that was born on Christmas. Because without Christmas, We have nothing. Without the birth of Jesus Christ, we have nothing. Savior is born. Savior is born. And that is why we're here for Christmas. 
God for love, as we talked about this Sunday. Out of love for us, God, out of love for you and I, He sends us Jesus Christ, our perfect Savior, our perfect mediator. For love and out of love, God sends His one and only Son. Number one, to be born as a servant. Jesus comes to earth. I give you the analogy of when I went on missions one time. These kids were playing in dirty water and they wanted me to come in and I'm like, oh no. And they're like drinking the water and all that and there's all this nasty stuff. And out of love and eventually I go under pressure and eventually I end up having fun and I enjoy my time together with these kids. And they had a blast. I had a blast. Pretty sure I lost two years of my life. But that's what God did. He was born as an infant. The humility of Jesus Christ to lower himself to come to this earth to live to be born as an infant just think about that for a moment the God of the universe we just read the Genesis the creator of all things the Trinity Jesus Christ he humbles himself to be born as a human being number two to live on earth and I'm not talking about a luxury life five star hotel the best of everything He lived a life of a servant, as a servant. And three, to die for us. What was the purpose of saving us? For love. For love. To die on the cross for you. That was his purpose. That is why Jesus came to earth. That is why we have Christmas. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went. To her and said greetings you who are highly favored the lord is with you mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be but the angel said to her do not be afraid mary you have found favor with god you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him jesus he will be great and will be called the son of the most high the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever his kingdom will never end how will this be Mary asked the angel since I am a virgin the angel answered the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who, had said, who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then your angel left her. In those days, Caesar Augustus, issued a decree that a census should be taken out of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped them in clothes and placed them in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out into the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 
I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today in the house, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appear with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left him and gone into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about, about this, told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus. The the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Jesus, he lives. We know the story. He lives a sinless life, but he is found guilty anyway. He is wrongly accused by the people. They spread lies about him, and eventually he is led to the slaughter. We see and we understand Isaiah 53 that he was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom the people hide their faces. He was despised and held and held, held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we consider him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds, you are healed today. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all, all of our sins. It has been placed on this one person, Jesus Christ. He was oppressed, afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush it and to cause him to suffer. God literally places the weight and the punishment of all sin, all history, present, and future, all the sin of humankind, all of humanity, going all the way back from the beginning of Genesis, from starting from Adam and Eve, past, present, and future, and places it on Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but will have eternal life this once and for all sacrifice the sacrifice of Jesus Christ it appeases the justice of God God lays on Jesus and says the iniquity of our sins and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all it was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer our Lord was crushed at the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane meaning press, the olive press. He was pressed and he was squeezed and everything was gone. Why? So that we can have life. So that you and I, we can celebrate this day and remember 
That is the real meaning, the true meaning of Christmas. Jesus Christ, He bears the sin of all mankind, the sins of all humankind. And this happened at a real place, in real time in history, over 2,000 years ago. And Jesus dies on the cross for us. The truth is, God's holiness cannot tolerate sin. Therefore, a sacrifice needs to be made, needed to be made. And that sacrifice, His name is Jesus Christ. Say it in your heart, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By His wounds, you have been healed. Whatever pain you are going through, whatever suffering you are going through, whatever hardship you are going through, know that you are not broken. You are healed. You are restored. You are redeemed because by His wounds, you have been healed for he bore your sin all your sin you cannot pay back sin with good works good deeds doing right things having good intentions being a good person only the sacrifice of Jesus Christ can appease the justice and the holiness of God so when Jesus died on the cross God was pleased with the sacrifice of his one and only son, Jesus Christ, the innocent lamb of God. Therefore, the Bible says, Jesus says this, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way. I am the way, the truth, and the life, John 14. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That if you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. Believe in the Lord and you will be saved. You cannot save yourself. Stop trying to save yourself by doing good works, good attentions, good attitude, serving, retreats, mission trips. Only Jesus Christ can save you. The innocent lamb and the blood of Jesus Christ can appease the justice of God, the holiness of God. And then in the end, we know the final story, the victory. In Luke 22, it tells us that from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. Jesus Christ, through all the suffering and all the pain and everything, this was the greatest thing that could ever happen for all of eternity. For sin has been conquered. That nothing we were able, as human beings, we were lost forever. We're nothing that we can do to save us. Savior has been born. The Savior has been born. 
that he sits right now at the right hand of God. For God is pleased with his son. That's why the Bible says, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. That's our Savior. That's the Christmas that we all must know. That's the true meaning of Christmas. It's not about the gifts. It's not about the lights and the fun that we have during this holiday. It's about the Messiah who has been born. Why? To die on the cross for us. Why? To conquer death. To destroy sin. Why? So that you and I, we can be free from the iniquity of sin that bondages us, that destroys us, that leads to death. So that you and I can have life and have life to the full. So I want to ask you this question. Do you know this Christmas, this meaning of Christmas, the story of Christmas? Do you know the Savior? Do you know him in your heart? Or do you just know the story of Christmas? Bethlehem, Nazareth, all that, and shepherds and all that. Yes, that's good. You know it here. But do you have it here every day, every season of your life? One life, one chance. One life that you have. It's not like the movie Jumanji where you get three lives. You get one life. One life. How are you going to live this life? Are you going to live for yourself? Or are you not going to know and understand the meaning, the true meaning of Christmas? Every year is the same thing. You don't fully grasp the truth of what Christmas is. Or this year, are you going to have a, full understand, a fuller understanding as you grow wiser and older in your relationship with Jesus Christ? I challenge you today. I challenge you today to know this King, the true meaning of Christmas. Let's close our eyes. invite the priest team to come up. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. For to us a child is born. A child is born. Our Lord, our wonderful counselor, our King, the Lord of Lords, the King of all kings, He is here today. He is here today. And the Lord has laid on him 
the iniquity of us all. And it was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. Why? Why? But this was the only sacrifice, this was the only way. There was no other way. And Jesus, and that's what he did. The incarnation of Jesus Christ, born as an infant, to live on earth. Why? To die on the cross for us, for all of humanity, for us, for you. Right now, I want you to say in your heart, say for me, for me. He died for you. He knows you. He knows who you are. And he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Do you know that? God loves you. Jesus Christ, he loves you. Why did he do it? For love. Because he loves you. Because he has a plan and a purpose for your life. For you are not an accident. For God has called you to follow him for his kingdom and for his purpose. For his purpose. One life, one chance. One life, one chance. So Father God, we just want to offer up our lives to you. We just want to give ourselves to you, God, right now. Thank you for reminding us of the true meaning of Christmas. Of the meaning of Christmas. Thank you for reminding us, going back from Genesis to Revelation, all the way from the beginning to the end. Father God, it's a story of love. It's a story of redemption. It's a story, God, where we cannot save ourselves. Human beings have tried over the years, throughout centuries, generations, over and over again. We've tried doing good works, but it doesn't work. Only the justice, only the sacrifice of Jesus Christ can appease the justice of God. Oh, God, thank you for giving us a mediator. Thank you for the second option. For sending us a savior and a messiah to save us and to die for us so that we can have life thank you lord thank you thank you god words are not enough god words are not enough but god all i can do is to be obedient and to follow you wholeheartedly oh god help us as a church to be the right church today. To be a church that pleases your heart, oh God. Let us never take your grace for granted, Father. Watch over us. Watch over us. Watch over this church. Let's just place our right hand to the left side of our chest, our heart representing our life. Let's just take a moment right now to recommit ourselves and to know the Savior once again. You have lost your way. We have gotten distracted. We have forgotten the true meaning of Christmas, of who Jesus Christ is. Let us take a moment right now to repent. Let's take a moment right now to recommit our heart and our life before the Lord. Let's just finish this year strong. Can we pray together? Church.
us, a child is born to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Father, thank you for the promise. Thank you for the promise that we have that is found in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ. Without you, everything we do, God, is in vain. Everything we do is we do it for ourselves if you're not the center. So, God, we do it for you. More of you and less of me. More of you and less of us. Help us to be the light, to truly to be the salt and the light here in this one life that you have given us, oh God. Let us live for you. We go back to the beginning, to where it all began. We were all doomed for all of eternity. That is the justice of God, for we all rebel before you. But thank you, Lord, that you have provided a way out. Your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, for all of eternity, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me, for knowing me, for remembering me, for forgiving me. Who am I? Who am I, God? Thank you, Lord, for knowing me, for calling me your son, for calling us your daughters. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for the season of Christmas and for reminding us of this day. We honor you. We thank you, Lord. find rest and peace today for your sins have been forgiven that when you repent and you look to God and when Jesus Christ is your mediator that you have nothing to be afraid of for he is with you be at peace today we thank you we love you all these things in your precious son Jesus Christ in my prayer God's people pray Amen, Amen.